everybody out there listening. It is April 3rd. Welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast. I am Brent Smith. Today around the table, I am joined by Daniel Yelverton, by Jacob Kingsley. We're joined by one of our very special people that come to the church here, Audrey Heitzman. Say hello, Audrey, just so they can hear your voice, please. Hi, everyone. <laughs> hello. Now, Audrey is somebody who um, helps out a lot with the worship team. Um, she's one of our best people that run lights, and she's really interested in learning some other stuff, too. So we're excited to have her here on the podcast today to represent some of the youth movement here at the church. And um, also some awesome news. She just got accepted to Ohio State, correct? Yep, for yeah. sure. That's awesome. your Congrats. number one choice, correct? Yeah, and then Auburn's obviously number two, but Auburn, that's been obviously. that's old news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, don't anyway. go to SEC school. Just yeah. don't. I, I don't have any comment. <laughs> I've lived in the South for ten years. I don't have any comment. Um, anyway, thank you so much for joining us today. We're very happy to have you here. Of course. Um, and we are getting into Revelation 15 today. Uh, we'll go ahead and start reading here in a second. Just a reminder that we read out of the ESV version of the Bible. And we're going to go ahead and start with Daniel today. And it is a short chapter, so the reading shouldn't take very long, no. which is a little bit different. I don't think we've ever had one this short before. So anyway, we'll go ahead and get into that. And Daniel, take it away when you're ready, please. Sure. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. And the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. After this, I looked, and the sanctuary of the tent of witness in heaven was opened. And out of the sanctuary came the seven angels with the seven plagues clothed in pure, bright linen, with golden sashes around their chests. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. So that wraps up our very short chapter today. Mm -hmm. um, as usual, since we've been in Revelation, there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. Um, so Jacob's actually going to give us a little bit more of a context on what's going on in this chapter. So Jacob, go ahead. All right. It's a big responsibility. Um, <laughs> so first, just where are we in the book of Revelation? Where we find ourselves is chapter 15 is really setting up chapter 16, um, because in chapter 16 starts the last series of the sevens. This is the third series of seven that we have in Revelation. The first is the seven seals, and then when that seventh seal is opened, that's the seven trumpets. Um, and then the seven trumpets, it's going and like takes a little break, ends in 11, and then 15 is where the sevens pick back up, and then it's the seven bowls. And so we're following this pattern um, that John, and how he's seeing it, the same situation like we talked about last week, the day of the Lord, um, is being repeated. And it's being told in different ways. And so in this one, there are a couple of clues as to why this one is specific. Um, 
and it's with the plagues. And when we hear plagues in the Bible, obviously we think of, you know, the plagues on Egypt. And there's definitely a likening to that. And also when it's talking about the Song of Moses, um, after the Passover, after the people were delivered out of Egypt, Moses sang a song praising God's deliverance. And so this is setting up that we are about to witness God's deliverance. Um, and then the other, just last little specific thing about the difference in the seven bulls as opposed to the other sevens is this one specifically focuses on God's wrath being poured out on the beast. Um, so Satan, um, instead of just sin or the broken world in general, the seven bulls focus God's wrath on the beast. And so that's what's being set up in chapter 15. And so that's kind of the, the main importance of, um, this chapter. So, um, any observations from this? I know we always try to get into that uh, observation phase next here. Does anything stand out to anybody that they wanted to point out or talk about at all, expand on? Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me was when it's in the end of verse 1, and it says, And with them the wrath of God is finished. And I just, for me, it's like there's this there's this quantity. There is this uh, buildup that God has, to that he's pouring out wrath, that justice is, is being served uh, to uh, the beast, to Satan, um, to the disobedience of humanity, to the brokenness of the world. And so uh, God has, um, I, th- I think this is, there, there is that deliverance in this, but I also think there's the, uh, the hope and the confidence that justice is ultimately being served, um, which I guess for me is, is amazing that God uh, basically you know, for us, you know, that he's quantifying all of these things that all this wrath that's built up. I think about my own contribution to that wrath, but then I also then think about all that Jesus took for me on my behalf, you know, and so that there's like almost like this calculated thing where God is pouring out his wrath on uh, different aspects of rebellion against him, whether it's Satan or people. Um, but uh, for those of us who are covered by the blood of Jesus, he took all that wrath. He was received all of that. And so when I see the the type of punishment that's being dealt out here in Revelation, it makes me so thankful for Jesus. Mm-hmm. It makes me so thankful that that wrath, uh, that he took my place, that he stood in front of, that he allowed that to be poured on him instead of being poured on me. Uh, and so that for me kind of just kind of, punch like stuck out to me as far as just like a thankfulness towards Jesus to know that that God is going to enact this kind of perfect justice uh and it's whether it's me receiving that justice or Jesus on my behalf and I'm so thankful that it was Jesus and not me especially when I look at the book of Revelation and I see God really um it's scary sometimes when you're looking at it and so, uh, so that's why uh, I think for me, I saw just so much of the good news of the gospel just in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that when it says in verse four, for you alone are holy, mm-hmm. um, that kind of spoke to me because it, we should be putting God first in our lives. Um, a lot of times we pull idols in front of God, um, when we don't mean to, um, we put our phones first, um, work, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> chores at home that a lot of times come before worshiping God. And I know mm-hmm. there's been so many times when we've got things to do at home and 
we say, oh, well, we're, we'll look at the Bible later, and instead of going to church, we work at home. And it's just like we should be making time for God. God's mm-hmm. the only thing that's important in our life that will really have a meaning in the end. And, um, I mean, we all experience idolatry, whether we want to admit it or not, and we just need to focus on that for you alone are holy. And when it says all nations will come and worship you for your righteous acts have been revealed, mm-hmm. um, that kind of goes back into that, in my opinion, that um, maybe we all don't worship him now, but when um, God basically comes back, all nations will realize that they've been worshiping the wrong God, that mm-hmm. there's been one God only mm-hmm. throughout all eternity. And um, and by the end of the earth, which is the righteous acts that have been revealed. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really interesting concept in, in the way that he's talking about this, because at the end of the day, like you were saying, Audrey, everybody will worship God. Everybody will know who he is. And I think sometimes as Christians, our focus on non-believers is just to get them to conform to our beliefs. And in my opinion, I feel like that's the wrong goal, mm-hmm. that our goal should be to show them the heart of Jesus. Who is Jesus? So that way they come to know Jesus, because regardless of if on this earth or not, they worship God or they just conform to our beliefs, one day they will know the right thing. But on this earth, it doesn't matter if they just intellectually know, but they need to have a relationship with Jesus, um, knowing in the future that everybody will worship Jesus anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we've all experienced those, this may come across as like crude, but those radical Christians that Mm -hmm. are constantly, I mean, that kind of gives the other population of the Christians a bad rap. Yeah. And that's a lot of the reason why that, people won't come to church because it's, oh, those Christians, you know, absolutely Bible thumpers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's just like, we really need to be um, worshiping and preaching to people, not, not preaching to people, but Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying that um, we need to be bringing people to God and not kind of throwing it in their face. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think it's, what's amazing is that uh, the righteous acts have been revealed and so this is, um, I think it's amazing because God is just constantly working. He's constantly doing something that we just, we don't know the tens and thousands of millions of things that he's doing just individually around us that he'll deal just primarily with us. We can maybe see one or two things sometimes when we're discerning what God is doing and God is working in so many ways. And I think that's going to be amazing when his righteous acts are going to be revealed, when all of a sudden everything is now laid out and all that God has been doing and the pursuit and the love and everything, I think it's just going to be one of those moments where you just fall mm-hmm. in worship. Yeah. You know, like you just fall and you just awesome. be like, mm-hmm. like so overwhelmed. You know, great and amazing are your deeds, mm-hmm. O Lord God Almighty. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I That to me yeah. is just going to be... It's going to, yeah, it's going to be so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, I don't want to say I can't wait because there's a yeah. lot of stuff that happens between now and then, but man, that moment will be awesome. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I, I know too, you know, you talk about perspective a little bit. Um, you know, there are so many people out there that, um, especially kind of in younger generations right now, obviously not Audrey um, <laughs> or Jacob, but uh, conversations that I have with people that um, 
they're just angry at God and they think if we have a God who is so loving and so merciful, how can bad things happen on this earth? And, mm-hmm. and I've had some conversations re- recently with some family members, some younger people who have that point of view and their friends and stuff. And um, it's just so it's a hard concept, I guess, to understand. It's hard to see at first, but I try to point it out to them and maybe this is wrong, but I hope it's not. <laughs> but um, they say, you know, if all these bad things happen, how can they happen? How can God be loving if, if that stuff happens? But it's hard to point out to them. I try to explain to them that God loves us so much, and there's so much of the relationship that we have with him that's based on free will. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a relationship worth having if you don't get to choose it. Mm-hmm. And he wanted us to be able to choose him back. So he's a father that had to let bad things happen in this world to let us have that free reign mm-hmm. to be able to choose him. And the thing that I try to put out there for them is kids don't always understand what their parents are doing. Mm-hmm. Parents have to go through a lot. And, and this is coming from someone who's a parent now and sees this now that I didn't see it before, but there's a lot of stuff that you as a parent go through hard decisions that you have to make things that you have to choose very difficult decisions and you have to choose one way or the other that you don't always inform your children about. So you can make a decision based on absolute love for your children and it might suck for them at the time that they're going through it and they get angry at you and they don't understand. And it's not because you're a horrible person. It's the exact opposite. It's because you love them so much that you had to make a difficult choice. So it's about perspective. It's about knowing that God is God. Mm -hmm. We don't have all of God's perspective and we as his children have to trust in him that he loves us and that yeah. he's doing the right things for us. And that's a hard concept for people to get, mm-hmm. you know? So when you yeah. said perspective, I just felt like right. that was something that to put out there because mm-hmm. kids don't always understand where their parents are coming from, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that their parents are horrible people. Right. So we can't understand every bad thing that goes on on this planet, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that God's a horrible being and, and right. that he is, is mean and spiteful and, and mm-hmm. he doesn't care about us. So mm-hmm. when well, I think, you were just using that word perspective a lot. And I think that is so important because I think why it says that at that moment, all his righteous works will be revealed is, is not because he hasn't done them until then. It's not like he's storing them up and finally he does good things. It's, it's that we will finally be in that eternal perspective. We won't, I don't think that we will instantly know everything when we get to heaven, but I think that we will be able to start to see things more from God's perspective. Um, that even now, I can't fully rationalize 100% why some things happen because I'm like, God, surely you could have allowed people to love you and have free choice and still kept that from happening. That That's honestly where I'm at. It, it, it's an incredibly tough subject. But give give me an eternal perspective. Show me what God sees, and I'm sure I'll be able to reconcile that yeah. because God knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and so I think that that's going to be quite literally an awesome experience. Um, that we will just be in complete and utter awe yeah. at what, it, what has happened all throughout history. Well, yeah. to kind of piggyback off of Brent with the whole children and parents mm-hmm. thing, um, it kind of reminded me of a verse that I've had in here. It's Philippians two fourteen through 15, and it says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Mm-hmm. And I know with my parents... I'm a child. They've got rules. <laughs> so they'll tell me to do something. I'll be like, oh, are you kidding me? Really? I want to go out with my friends tonight. And they're like, you got to get this done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's that whole grumbling and disputing with them. 
with my parents because I find them unfair. Mm -hmm. And, um, or if I do something wrong, then they punish me. Mm -hmm. And I think we can kind of take that with our eternal father, that if we do something wrong, I mean, instead of punishing us, he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And so Mm -hmm. instead of doing the grumbling and disputing Mm -hmm. and, um, the children of this world is kind of who we need to be reaching to because they're growing up in the middle of a twisted and crooked Mm -hmm. generation and they need to be the future and the light of the world to speak for them and to learn that yes there are things in life that is not fair and yes you will sin but your eternal father loves you just as your parents here on earth and Mm -hmm. they're doing it out of the love they have in their hearts for you it's not in spite it's not because you know they don't like you <laughs> as much as it seems like that sometimes. <laughs> they love you with all of your heart and you have no um, comprehension at all of their love for you. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it speaks to me because, like I said, I'm a teenage girl. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I form perfect opinions of my own. <laughs> and um, when my parents don't allow me to do something, I can say that I do. I, I do become a little grumbly. Sure. It's human <laughs> but, nature. Yeah. And so um, I really find myself trying to become, you know, clean of all sins. And it's mm-hmm. it's very hard because if you look at half the people in my school, it's kind of blows you away. If you think about their family structure and what's going on, I mean, half the things I find out about my friends, you could never have guessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just... If you look at some of the people in my school, they can be polar opposites. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a melting pot, the high school is. And I'm sure all high schools and all schools are. But it's just if we have the few light of the worlds that can try and help to bring everyone to the light, that's what we really need. Mm -hmm. And it's just trying to show them that their eternal father loves them. And he's doing this out of the love in your heart, his heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you're saying that, I just realized how much we need to pray for you at the end of this episode. We always close with prayer. And as you're heading out into the larger world, per se, heading to college, there's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of adversity and you're going to face a lot of a lot of people who don't believe the same way. So, mm-hmm. you know, we will we'll definitely be praying for you here. And um, because that kind of perspective that you have, it's unfortunately uncommon in a yeah. lot of people your age. And um, I would just pray for strength for you. Mm-hmm. strength and faith as you go out into the world to, to carry that to other people and be that yeah. light that you're talking about. Um, but uh, going back to this a little bit, uh, back to the scripture here, um, you know, getting into Revelation and talking about these things that are going to be happening. We talked about how, how great God is, you know, uh, just and true in his ways, and people will come to worship him and know who he mm-hmm. is. Even these things that we're reading, these seven plagues, these things throughout the um, tribulation that are going to be happening as bad as they seem to be, which they are, there's still the mercy of God trying to open the eyes of the people who have just been too hardened to understand who he is to this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wants them to wake up to who he is and they'll have every resource possible still here on earth when this is happening Mm -hmm. to know that he has said in his word for thousands of years that these things were coming. Mm. And if they link that together, it's going to be undeniable who he is and what's happening around them. 
And it's just, it's people that have the scales over their eyes that he's trying so hard in those last moments of this earth to wake them up to who he is. So once again, parents sometimes have to do harsh things to do what's best for their children. And that's, I mean, that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, like going back to a little bit of perspective, like you were saying, like the kids don't fully understand what the parents are doing behind the scenes. And I think on such m- so much more of a larger level is God working. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it said kind of with the whole problem of evil, like that's the whole like, you know, if God's a good God, then why do bad things happen to good people? Which yeah. in right. itself doesn't really work out when you really break it down. Uh, there's a lot of where's uh, bones of contention there, but we'll, we won't go there for, per se. But I think what's um, what's amazing to me is as I look at this is that there's so much power in God. You mean you see like Armageddon, you see creation, you see that from his mouth, just like from his words, galaxies come into existence. I mean, I can barely put together something from Ikea with the instruction <laughs> manual. Well, there are no and words. If, and if that's my power, like, like think of it, if that, that's my power to do something and God is able to create things with just his words, and if his power is that much greater than my power then let's like say how much greater do you think his wisdom is than our wisdom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So if we are sitting there pointing our finger up to God with our very minuscule perspective of, of, of like what's going on in the situation, what's going on in the world. And part of me gets a little frustrated when somebody gets really mad at the pain of the world. And then they, they get mad at God because of that, because really what you're doing is you're taking advantage of somebody else's suffering for your own platform. And to me, that is really insensitive, and it insults the people that are going through pain and suffering because a lot of times those people are looking to God and finding rest and finding hope and finding uh, comfort in God, and you insult them by taking their pain and adding your own platform to it without actually walking in those shoes. So that's one thing. But the other thing is that... If if his perspective is so great, like I always think about the story of Job, and you know there was a, a Grey's Anatomy episode a while ago that talked about the story of Job, and I know, and they, and it was basically like how terrible God was because of the situation, mm. and if you take the end of the story of Job, Job is leaving his complaints to God, and God doesn't answer the why at all. Mm-hmm. He just puts on display all the things that he does on a regular basis, and Job falls on his knees and worships and repents because he realizes that that God is on a whole other stratosphere yeah. as far as knowledge and power than he is. And so he can trust God. He can know that if God is 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 still benevolent in the things that he does, especially now, now that we have Jesus and we have the perspective of how loving he is because of his son Jesus, mm-hmm. then, uh, then our ability to to trust him should go so much greater because Mm -hmm. he has so much at his fingertips of what he does on a constant basis that we don't even have any idea. And so when all these things are revealed, like I said, it's just, I feel like it's just going to be a finally, like people are going to be like so blown away. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I get, and I bet there's going to be just so much repentance in that worship, you know, like just so much, just like, I can't believe this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good way to explain faith to people, too, through this conversation that we've had. I mean, faith is based on love and trust, whether it's in God or even in your parents. I mean, just understanding that you don't know everything. And if you, you know, if you understand that your parents know that much more than you, like you said, God's on a whole other stratosphere. 
So there's a lot that you have to give up to that and just say, hey, you know what? I don't understand everything, but I'm a human with a finite mind and you are God. So I trust that you've got this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the, that's the basic, the basics mm -hmm. behind it. So anyway. I was going to say kind of joking that sometimes for people who, who don't yet have that faith, the faith is a hard pill to swallow to just, you know, be like, all right, I'm going to believe it. And I was going to joke about, it, but really thinking that when there's a pill, it's hard to swallow. You get water and relationship is the water in this scenario that it's almost impossible to take God at his word, to fully believe that he is good. When you look at the world, if you don't have a relationship with him, mm -hmm. that it's never going to make sense. You're never going to be able to put that together. If you don't have a relationship with your parents, you're never going to believe that they have the best interest for you. You're going to look in spite at everything that they're doing to you. Um, and so if you're struggling with that, maybe it's there's a relational aspect with God that's missing there. And it's been a religion up until this point. Mm -hmm. Um in terms of revelation, if you've always looked at it and been like, this is just such an angry God, how could he do this? I'm reading this and there's no way that he's good. Maybe you've been missing out on the relationship that God is truly inviting you into. Yeah. This goes on to not knowing something and being a finite human being. <laughs> but in verse seven, it said, and one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels, seven gold bowls. Um, who is the living creatures by chance? Because <laughs> I read the chapter before mm -hmm. it, and I read the chapter after it, and I still, I used context clues. Believe me, I learned that in school, <laughs> and I still cannot right. figure that out. So the four living beasts, I forget exactly where in Revelation it talks about them. It might be near the beginning. It's like four, I think, when the John gets his vision into heaven, yeah. and there's four living creatures right. that are saying, holy, holy, holy. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, so they're now. the yeah yeah they're the so it's almost like the dedicated and we think of worship as like singing songs but they are literally in the presence of God to make known His glory like they just proclaim the glory of God endlessly yeah that that's what they are they aren't these you know minions or whatever not like Despicable Me but <laughs> like just God's <laughs> no, minions that's all and imagine. Right. Right. it's not like God's little yellow henchmen guys. is what I should say <laughs> there you um, go. but they are. Yeah. Um, the last observation, oh, yeah. if, if we have time still, sure. um, that I have is in verse two, and this kind of goes back to last week and the the video we shared from the Bible project, the, the audio that we put in here. Mm -hmm. um, but it says in, in verse two, and also those who had conquered the beast and its image, um, the number, its name, and it says, you know, where they're standing. Um, but the beast in the story... We know it eventually gets conquered, but in, right now, God hasn't fully conquered it yet. And so it's an interesting thing because like the the uh, video was saying last week, it's this beast is this, you know, babble. It's this ideology that Satan just permeates in everything. And it's showing us here that there's hope that in this life, through the power of Christ, we can conquer the beast, mm. that we do have victory over Satan, that Revelation shows us when God will forever and always deal away with Satan, but there is still the possibility of victory in Christ's blood, in his power, his resurrection power, we just came off of Easter Sunday, that we can have victory. We are more than conquerors, Paul says. Mm -hmm. We don't have to wait until the end of the world to experience freedom from Satan and everything that that entails, that we can have that now. So I think that's also an application point on top of recognizing the power that God has 
understanding that his perspective is different than ours. And maybe you don't understand everything. And maybe it's an ego check to say, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then third is to pursue that victory through Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up today. Um, and I would ask, actually, Jacob, would you mind praying for us today? Absolutely. Somebody's here representing the youth today. I thought yeah. it might be fitting for the youth pastor to pray today. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you very mm-hmm. much. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your heart for us and for this world, for people in general. That God, you created us, but you didn't have to do anything above and beyond that. But you have come, you have died, and you have a plan for our ultimate redemption. You have a plan to make us whole once again. And while we're here on this earth, it doesn't always look like that. It looks like things might be getting worse and worse. And so I just pray that you will give us that strength to trust in you to trust in your goodness, even if our circumstances don't say it, um, to admit when we don't know everything, to admit when your perspective truly is just greater than ours. I pray for all the listeners um, that you'll just be with them, be with their daily walk with you, help them to draw closer to you, to understand more of you, um, that you would just reveal things through your scripture, through this word, um, in ways that they, they have never seen things about you before. And God, I also just want to pray for Audrey as um, she's just invested so much in this Blanchester area. And I pray that as she's getting ready to go to college, that you will just bless her journey, that you will be with her, that she will be able to keep her eyes and her motivations focused on you, that her worship would be to you alone. And I pray that as she comes into these situations that are honestly just full of darkness, they're full of um, dissent, um, people just angry at you, that you would allow her to be the light and love that you created her to be, and that through her people would see your heart for them, that they would see your heart for redemption and salvation, and that she would just be able to bring more and more people into your kingdom, into your goodness and relationship with you. God, we love you. We praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again for our 23rd episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Audrey, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed absolutely. it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and everybody out there, too. Um, Easter was this last Sunday. Uh, we just wanted to say happy Easter. I hope that it was a joyful time for you and your family um, and your friends. And um, Be careful on spring break, everybody. Yeah, yeah, everybody's, Audrey was telling us she's heading out to spring break, so everybody please be careful out there. Um, But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this episode, so we will just talk to you next week. Um, Just be sure to come back and join us if you want to spread the word. Uh, If you're liking what you're hearing here, tell everybody about it, because we want people to hear the word of God with this uh, podcast, and um, that's just what we're doing. So um, thank you so much, and we will talk to you next week.